All right. Comments, questions? Well, we are also working on the various people that will serve in the temple and what their functions will be. Um, chapter 23 and verse 1 now, when David reached old age, he made his son Solomon king over Israel, and he gathered together all the leaders of Israel with the priests and the Levites. Now, why would David make Solomon king before he died? Yes, he wasn't the oldest, so it wouldn't be so natural, the succession, and... So the people would see his will, his will. He really did it because of what? Yeah, but what was the occasion that provoked David to go ahead and put Solomon in us? Adonijah's rebellion in Second Kings chapter one, where it became necessary for David. What'd you say? And it's First Kings chapter one. Anyhow, Adonijah's rebellion in First Kings chapter one, that that led to, uh, to David needing to declare publicly that Solomon was king. They did that a lot. It was very common for an old king to appoint a son as king to reign with him for a period of time before the old king dies and his son takes over the sole government. They called those overlaps of the kings what? Co-regency. Yeah, that's the co-regency. It's a really common thing. It happens a lot of times in a divided kingdom. Sometimes we're puzzled by trying to figure out when and how it occurs. But, uh, so that's what he does. And then he get, gets together all the leaders of Israel with the priests and the Levites. Now, here's, a, uh, here's an, another thing that uh, I think you can see, is that uh, he will basically deal with these in reverse order. He will work on the Levites, and then the priests, and uh, then the leaders, um, and talk about their work and what they're supposed to do. So just as he prepared the material for the building, now he's preparing the people for the service. Um, why don't uh, somebody read chapter 23, verses 3 to 6? <coughs> the Levites were numbered from 30 years old and upward. And the number of by census of the men was thirty-eight thousand. Of these, twenty-four thousand were to cover, were, were to oversee the work of the house of the Lord, and six thousand were officers and judges, and four thousand were gatekeepers, and four thousand were praising the Lord with the instruments of David made for giving praise. And David divided them into divisions according to the sons of Levi, Gershon's son, Kohath, and Merari. Okay, and so the Levites here. <laughs> The Freudian slip there. We've been together too long today. So we've got the Levites numbered, and they've got different roles. 
if you didn't get the joke, that's okay. You're not in the loop, so don't feel bad. Uh, in, in verse 4, there are those who oversee the work of the house of the Lord, temple workers. Then also there's some officers and judges. Then in 5, there's gatekeepers and musicians. So those are some of the tasks that the Levites are divided into um, in this, as each of them has their own special roles to play in the uh, work of the temple. Comments and questions about that? Going back to verse 4, when you're talking about Ad 90, um, it just seems interesting that throughout the Chronicles, when we skipped over the story of David and Bathsheba, we skipped over Absalom, we skipped over this whole Ad 90 um, conspiracy, and even, I mean, we talked about the census, but even then, I mean, it says the census won't start up as it Chronicles is trying to portray David. I think no. He talks about David's sin in transporting the ark, and certainly you see David as being guilty in the census, even though Satan may have stirred him up. Um, I think it has to do with the purpose of Chronicles. That Chronicles is really not trying to give a history of David. It's focusing on the ark and the temple and the things that lead to the ark and the temple. It really, it doesn't, it doesn't stray away very much at all from that central theme. To talk about Adonijah or Absalom or whatever really doesn't contribute to that. You know, so there's even some really good things in David. Mephibosheth, for example. He doesn't even mention any of that. Because it really, this is narrow, more narrowly focused on a temple art perspective. That's my that's my take on this. I was gonna say it seems that a lot of it is all about focus on like the government and how David is how he is a ruler and not necessarily all about his personal stuff and how he he more of his mistakes as a ruler or his um his better things he had as a ruler and so that kinda it's more of that perspective instead of a personal life of David, I think. I agree. Kyle? Could you give like Well, I'm not as sure about that. Um, it's, I mean... I see First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings as being more political, more, more historical, more, more just telling the story. I think there's some points to it, for sure, and overriding themes, but I don't see them as clearly... You know, it's, it's more of a general history to me, whereas First Chronicles is more of zeroing in. I mean, we are dealing with Ark Temple, Ark Temple priests, you know, and all that. It's much more the priestly perspective, in my judgment. Nancy? You won't like this, but this is a good way to help um, sometimes teachers and even children just to get in their heads some... Something that they can attach to first Samuel, second Samuel, first Kings, second Kings, first Chronicles, second Chronicles. And that is that first Samuel is Saul, second Samuel is David, first uh, Kings is um, the King is Solomon, I'm sorry. 
Saul, David, Saul, the first kings of Saul, and the second kings is the rest of the kings of Israel and Judah. And so is first kings. But so you're dealing with Saul, David, Saul, and then when you get to the Chronicles, First Chronicles is a repeat of God's favorite king, David, and Second Samuel is a repeat of God's favorite kingdom, Judah. I mean. Sometimes that just helps you to generalize and then you see what you're saying. Really, this isn't just about David. This is about the ark and the temple and God's preparation for all that. Yeah, it's just kind of, when you come to 2 Chronicles, I think, although it's working just on Judah, I think you can see it as being more of just kind of telling the story also. It seems to fit that more. But it just, it really is troubling that that 1 Chronicles if this is supposed to be a account of David's kingship, it leaves out some really significant parts of that from what we know from Second Samuel. And I, I think the only reason we could come up, that I can come up with for it is because it's really got a different angle it's taking on David. It's really focusing almost not so much on David himself as on all the temple stuff. I don't know. I'm still I'm still thinking through that and learning that and and I think that's you know we struggle with that I struggle with that more than anything I'm not a very good global person I like to you know I can deal with the atoms but I can't ever figure out how they fit together and uh, what's the overriding theme and so those are things that I continue working on and looking at. I mean you can do that with Matthew Mark Luke and John you know in in each of them what's the real context what's the focus what's the point why did they arrange the stories and choose the stories the way they did. So they're really good questions to help you see more deeply into the point and purpose. Those are not the things I do very well with. But um, anyhow, you can, you can think about that. I mean, I think those are good questions to ask with any book, really. Why is it put together this way? What's the real overriding point? I know what the, each verse means, but what does this mean as a whole? I think those, that, those questions really help our study. They're just hard. Other thoughts? All right, well, he, uh, he divides up here into the uh, three families of the Levites, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'll never be able to say that again. Actually, you know, in Portuguese, in Portuguese it's Gerson. Some of you know Gerson. Uh-huh. And um, I want you to think about one reason why we may need to give more attention here to the roles of the Levites. In the law, the Le- one of the big Levite responsibilities that they will no longer have is what? In the law. One of the major Levite responsibilities that from here on out they won't have anymore yeah, the movement and setting up of the tabernacle and the furniture. We're, we're building a permanent building. There's not going to be any more moving of it or moving and setting up of the furniture. So a big area of responsibility for the Levites is ending, and we're sort of redirecting their roles. What are their roles when there's a permanent place of worship? And, and David really sets up a, a whole religious system here with the Levites and the priests. I mean, there's a sense in which David 
has a number of things that that almost go a step beyond, almost uh, some additional uh, provisions for the worship beyond what we see in the law. There's a lot to all that David is organizing and outlining here in the uh, temple worship. Even though he hadn't built the temple yet, that Solomon hadn't built the temple, David pretty much sets up what's going to happen there. And so, for example, in verse 13, it's interesting. The sons of Amram were Aaron and Moses, and Aaron was set apart to sanctify him as most holy. He and his sons forever to burn incense before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless in his name forever. That's kind of a summary of what uh, the tasks of the priests are. And uh, do you have any comments or questions to 23.23? Now, I recognize that there is some of this that is not just super exciting, um, but we never read this stuff. We know for the most part, I'm overgeneralizing. And we don't think about it. I think it's helpful for us to get into this as much as we can. So why don't somebody read 25 to 32, and let's try to pay attention to what some of the responsibilities of the Levites are going to be. For David said, Jehovah, the God Nope. First Chronicles 23, verses 24 to 32. Oh, sorry. I don't know what I said, but it's chapter 23, verses 24 to 32. <coughs> These are the sons of Levi after their father's houses even the heads of their father's houses, of those of them that were counted, and the number of the names by their poles, who did the work for the service of the house of the Lord from twenty years old and upward. For David said, The Lord, the God of Israel, hath given rest unto his people, and he, he dwells in Jerusalem forever. <coughs> and also the Levites shall no more have need to carry the tabernacle and all the vessels of it for the service thereof. Service thereof. For by the last words of David, the sons of Levi were numbered, from twenty years old and upwards. For their office was to wait on the sons of Aaron for their service of the house of the Lord, in the courts and in the chambers and in the purifying of all holy things, even the work of the service of the house of God. For the showbread also, and for the fine flour for, the meal, for a meal offering, whether of unleavened wafers or of that which is baked in the pan, or that which is soaked, for all manner of measure and size to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord, and likewise at, at evening, and to offer all burnt offerings unto the Lord on the Sabbath, on the new moon, and on the set feast, and in number according to the ordinance concerning them, continually <coughs> before the Lord, that they should, and that they should keep the charge, of the charge of the tent of meeting, and the charge of the holy place, and the charge of the sons of Aaron and their brethren for the service of the house of Jehovah. Okay. So you see him just commissioning the Levites uh, for various things that they're going to need to do, particularly in 28 to 32. You can see some of their tasks being outlined there. I might make the point that organization and planning does not hinder true spirituality. This is very organized. This is very planned. This is very delegated. But it's what's necessary to be able to do the worship well. And uh, so... This is, these are the kinds of things that the uh, Levites are going to be responsible for. Le the Levites and, uh, in some cases, the family of, of Aaron uh, as well, the, the priests. Comments and questions on chapter 23? Yes. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a very good question. 
you will see the number originally from 30 to 50. There's a passage somewhere where it's 25 to 50, and here it's from 20 to 50. I don't have a good answer for that. Maybe, but I'm not sure this is an adequate answer, maybe the change in their tasks would either permit younger Levites to serve or require more service to where they need younger ones. But I don't know if those are the answers or not. That is a good observation. It was changed, but I don't know why. Okay. Other comments and questions? Good point. Yeah, good point. You're right. Now in uh, chapter 24, you have the divisions of the sins of Aaron. So we're working on what here? The priests. He had sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. But verse 2, Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no sons. So Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests. Then David with Zadok of the sons of Eliezer and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar divided them according to their offices for, for their ministry. Since more chief men were found from the descendants of Eliezer than the descendants of Ithamar, they divided them thus. And he talks about how they were divided by Lot. And he talks about the various priests uh, and the, the like the... The, they have 24 divisions and uh, chosen by lot. Verse 19, these were the officers for their ministry when they came into the house of the Lord according to the ordinance given to them through Aaron their father just as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. And uh, then he, he organizes the rest of the sons of Levi. And uh, in verse 31, these also cast lots, just as their relatives, the sons of Aaron, in the presence of David the king, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the heads of the father's households of the priests and of the Levites, the heads of father's households, as well as those of his young, younger brother. So we are just organizing the priests there and the Levites, and we cast lots for what their particular functions were, um, letting the Lord impartially choose that. So, chapters 23 and 24 are the organization of the Levites and the priests for the new temple. Do you have comments and questions? Would anyone uh, like to uh, provide me a penny for every name that's in First Chronicles? They're a rich man, wouldn't they? All right. Um, <laughs> chapter 25... Would somebody read uh, verses 1 through 8? You can skip names if you like.
of the Lord with cymbals, lyres, and harps, and the ministry at the house of God. Asaph, Jedison, and Timon were under the supervision of the king, along with their relatives, all of them trained and skilled in music for the Lord. They number 288. Young and old alike, teachers all well students, cast lots for the week. Okay. Now, there are some things about this. This is basically talking about what? What? The musicians, yeah. The, the, the singers and the instrumentalists for the worship of God. Music was very important in the temple worship. Uh, and it's very important that they do it well. Notice verse 7, their number who were trained in singing to the Lord with their relatives, all who were skillful. They, they, they think we've got to have a balance here. But one of the things you see in the temple worship is they tried to do it. Find skillful musicians to be able to lead in the worship. There were those who had special abilities, and God used them. We ought to use our abilities as fully as possible in the service of God. Now, it's interesting that this is being written in the after-captivity period, and he's in the captivity who had no link to David by king, because they didn't have kings. But they did have a link to David by the temple service, by the musical service, and so forth. All of that was coming from David as well. And so they do have a tie-in to David in the after-captivity period. There's something else, this is really kind of weird, but uh, I will point this out. You know how these names are. They're all kind of weird. But I want you to get a load of verse 4 after about the first uh, five or six names. Of Heman, the sons of Heman, Bukiah, Mataniah, Aziel, Shabul, and Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliatha, Gedalti, Romanchiezer, Josh, Bekashah, Maluthai, Hothir, and Mehezioth. Does that sound even weird for their names? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're used to reading names, even in the Old Testament, that are weird, these do not have the typical ring of the Hebrew names. Now, there is a reason for that. Believe it or not, the last several names of Heman's sons actually are a poem. He, you know, he named his sons something that as you read them together, they actually have a real meaning. And that's why they're not normal names. The last several of these can be translated, this is rather long, but they can be translated, Be gracious to me, Jehovah, be gracious to me. My God are you. I have magnified and I will exalt my helper. Sitting in adversity, I said, clear signs give plentifully. Be gracious, Jehovah, be gracious to me. My God, you I've praised and exalted for helping. Though sitting forlorn, I've proclaimed highest visions. That's what those guys together mean. For whatever that's worth, it's just kind of curious. Where did I get that? It's in several commentaries. 
Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's uh, I think it's from Jerry Moth on. So that'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think. It's a lot for ten names, but remember how it's a lot like German. You know, they put a whole phrase together in one word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, wonder what all this together would be. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to have a whole bunch of kids? And, and if you say their names together, it actually means something. Well, anyhow, that's, that's, I think that's actually really true. And those are really are weird names, even for, you know, Hebrew. So. <laughs> well, it would be bad. <laughs> or if one of them uh, passed away. <laughs> Who wrote your poem? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a little bit of everything here in First uh, Chronicles. And uh, then they choose these by lot uh, for the division of their tasks in verses 9 to 31. And these actually are the ones that are mentioned, like in verses 2, 3, and 4. So this is the various uh, roles, the order that they have for their duties. All right, comments and questions on chapter 25. All right, chapter 26, uh, what are we dealing with here, according to verse 1? Yes, the gatekeepers, and, uh, well, you've got a bunch of them, and uh, you can read down through those. A uh, few of them have slight comments about them, uh, but uh, they, they do various things. Look down to verse 12. To these divisions of the gatekeepers, the chief men were given duties like their relatives to minister in the house of the Lord. They cast lots, the small and the great alike, according to their father's households for every gate. So they keep the various gates, and it tells who kept which gates, and so forth. Um, and so these are the gatekeepers. And then starting in verse 20, you have the Levites, their relatives had charge of the treasures of the house of God and of the treasures of the dedicated gifts. So these are like the treasurers and uh, those who keep uh, track of, of the money and the, the gifts and so forth that David had. You can look at verse 26 and 27. Um, they take care of the, the, the things that are dedicated, like the spoil that David's won in battle that's devoted to the temple. You've got these treasurers that take care of that. And then, if somebody wants to skip the names, they can, but uh, 29 to 32. This is chapter 26, verses 29 to 32. Father's house. In the 40th year of the 
and his brethren of Nineveh were 2,700 heads of their father's house, whom the king, whom king David made overseers over the ruling and the gathering, and the half-tower of the Nassau, and every man of the family to God, and so these Levites are assigned the responsibility of doing what? What are these doing? Judges, yeah. They're basically judges among the Levites. So, here's what we're seeing in this whole thing. We are working on... all the division of labor that there's going to be for the Levites. Whole temple organization. This reminds you a lot of like Leviticus and some of those passages where you go into great detail on all the, the things that need to be done in offering sacrifices and so forth. This is kind of the Leviticus of, of this era as David is, is really doing a lot to organize the whole temple uh, Levitical priestly system. That's what that is, as far as I can see. Obviously, if you had to uh, read through all those names at any great length, it would be difficult. But if you didn't have those names, it wouldn't give much body to what's going on. You don't have to read the names to see, okay, he's got all this list of people doing this, and he's got this list of people doing that. I don't really care whether you read the names. Um, but I care that we know what they are. I care that we know what's going on here. And seeing that we do have those names and we do have those people chosen for these various jobs fills out the picture as we're building up to the, the, the temple construction. You can see why people don't study First Chronicles a lot. You know, some of this would be rather difficult to just have to sit down and make yourself read through over and over again. But it is really, I think, a perspective on the worship of God that we need to understand even if we don't go through the details of the name. I realize even that's not overly exciting to us, but it's helpful for us to see what God's done, to see the priority that they gave on worship and the presence of God among them. And uh, so, that's, uh, that's where we're at. Do you have any comments and questions on all that? All right, well, that's probably uh, good for tonight. Probably good anyway. Probably Having to go through these 26 chapters is a lot of information and just a lot to go through. Tomorrow, chapter 27 is much like that, but after that, things change a good bit, and uh, we will see much more story and much fewer names from here on out. In fact, very few lists of names after chapter 27. So uh, hopefully that will uh, motivate you to uh, come back and uh, enjoy this. I really appreciate your uh, attention and involvement. What do you think?